A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart, too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so, too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart, too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so, too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Welcome to Togetherness, the first, well second, but first proper episode uh, of our podcast. We'll be talking to Tammy, we'll talk about all things mental health and issues that affect you, um, especially in this very strange time that we have at the moment. But first, we've got a new story that we wanted to talk about, um, especially when it comes to the pandemic and even before the pandemic, how mental health has been treated. And this is quite a shocking news story. So I am going to hand over to Emily to do the news. Antidepressant use is set at all-time high as the coronavirus pandemic takes its toll on the nation's mental health. With counselling services moving online, experts believe millions of people may have missed out on early intervention, meaning they now face more severe mental health issues later down the line. Doctors have said online help is inappropriate for some patients, while others may have been reluctant to seek face-to-face help or put extra pressure on health services. It has led to more than 6 million people being prescribed antidepressants in the three months leading up to September, the highest figure on record. Calls to mental health helplines have also gone up, and the list by The Guardian have found. 
the Deputy Campaign Director at the National Mental Health Charity Rethink, told the papers there was a big risk of antidepressants being prescribed with no support, adding that such medications should go hand in hand with therapy. Mental health campaigner Natasha Devon said that many people were simply being sent away by doctors, adding people are going to their GPs with symptoms of mental health illnesses and are being sent away with a bag of medication having put on an 18-month waiting list. An 18-month waiting list? That's a very long waiting list. I can concur that that is accurate, as I've been waiting over 18 months for my own referral. So that is not just a statistic. And, I mean, we'll be talking to Tammy about that a bit later in the interview, but the use of medication just being an easy way to treat mental health, do you think that that's something that's true? Or what are your thoughts? Well... Um, dealing with my own mental health issues, I went and took the step to speak with the doctor about it. And um, yeah, she said, look, we want to put you on this medication, but we would also like cognitive behavioural therapy to go alongside that, etc. Um, and yeah, it never came around really, still waiting. And, you know, the transition of going on to medication or changing medication for antidepressants etc um you know it's very difficult like you know we've mentioned before that it it can make you feel worse and you know you have no support during that period of time and it can be very difficult and these medications have so many side effects as well um you know certainly being one of them that i was on and they take a while to get in they cause a chemical imbalance and what around about 14 days for that imbalance to settle down but it can make people feel worse and it's crucial that this that this therapy alongside it medication is fine there's no harm not no harm but you shouldn't be ashamed of taking medication but we need to get talking we need that proper support for me i feel um you know, when I started engaging in therapy, when I was finally given that option, that opportunity, um, my life changed. I started to open up, talk about it more, and it didn't make everything better, but it released a lot of my feelings, and there was just so much emotion that was held up that finally felt like I could just let go of a lot of the trauma that was causing a lot of my many of my breakdowns I think as well it's a case of self-actualization you know actually acknowledging (laughs) acknowledging you know your traumas or your issues or the battles that you're facing because when you don't speak about it it builds up in your head and then when you do have that opportunity to release it it does confirm to you the issues that you're facing and sometimes as well it's nice to have that bit of reassurance that you know you're not going crazy you're not overthinking you're not overanalyzing or making it a bigger problem than it is just having someone there to listen is really beneficial listen encourage be kind thank you very much uh and we'll be talking to tammy a bit later um about that as well and you know there's 
there's a massive weight in this. There's a big crisis in the UK. We've got an underfunded mental health system, uh, an underfunded NHS. Um, hopefully, from the pandemic, the government will soon realise that it's a very important service, something that needs to be addressed, and there'll be some change from this. Hopefully so. Well, uh, let's go. Now we're going to go into the interview with Tammy. This was amazing, very inspiring individual. Um, and yeah, have a listen. Tammy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so you're, you're our first guest on our Togetherness podcast, your first episode. So uh, Incredible. Thank you, thank you uh, for having me and, and thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much as well. Like you do your Instagram is full of such in, inspiring um, posts and stories. And uh, I, I was so inspired by your, uh, your story and your background that you sent to me and why you why you do what you do and how you became inspired uh, to make change and help and inspire people. So um, you're 36 years old, originally That's from South Africa. That is correct, sunny South and Africa. And you're residing in London at the moment, aren't you? I am, yes. Yeah, so t- can you tell me a bit about yourself? Well, Okay, sure. Where do I start? Um, like you said, I'm 36. I'm from South Africa. Um, and I have spent most of my life working in pharmaceutical sales. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a great chapter of my life. And, I, and it's opened wonderful doors for me. Um, and that's kind of where I learned about illnesses, mental and physical illnesses. And I just saw firsthand how many of these illnesses are treated um, yeah. not getting down to the root of the, the problems and just masking many of the symptoms that people experience so yeah so that's also inspired me to to go on a on a search to see how we can how we can get to the roots of all these all these problems start changing small things and just better people's lives by doing that um and then while I was working for the pharmaceutical company, I came across a piece of land that was inhabited by, it must be about 60 or 70 families, very, very impoverished families, um, no running water, no electricity or anything like that. And I just saw these children living in the worst circumstance that no children should ever have to live in. So I decided to start a little community soup kitchen. And that ran every Friday afternoon after work. So after I worked this high-flying corporate job, I would I would take off my shoes and run into the bushes and, and serve these little children a hot meal and play soccer with them. And, <laughs> and that is, I can honestly say, was the most influential part of my life, learning lessons from these little kids that had nothing in their lives. The things that I was stressing about on a daily basis were nothing compared to what these children were going through. And that's when I found my passion for helping people. Um, it fulfilled me on, on levels that I, I've never experienced before in any other job. So I decided to make that a career. That's and amazing. 
yeah, and here I am, six months into the journey. Um, yeah, living in London, my my grand was British, so I do have um, an ancestral visa. So I incorporated incorporated my love of travel and wanting to make a difference and immigration all together during the pandemic. <laughs> wow, and I bet that was a, a tough time to do all of that as well. It was, but I feel like it was the best time because all the distractions were gone. There was nothing else keeping me there. So for me, I love how you describe the pandemic itself, a global pause. Like I, I thought that was such a, such a true and inspiring way to kind of describe all of this. It's a very difficult situation for many at the moment lots of uncertainty lots of anxiety and depression um you've also suffered with a lot of anxiety for most of your life mm-hmm. and you've you've experienced some quite horrible things as well mm-hmm. and the the way you described lockdown when you said when lockdown hit you saw it as a global pause you took the distractions uh, you used to ignore your inner signals um, and it was time to practice what you preach um, and you got yourself into therapy confronted your trauma and um, mm-hmm. it was the hardest thing you've done but it was the most beneficial um, I can certainly relate to that I think the pandemic it kind of put things into perspective for a lot of people but for you like what what has it taught you what has it taught me that we need to we need to sometimes pause in our lives to listen to those signals that are coming from within as much as it sounds um and all hippie like that's exactly what it felt like to me so maybe if i can just take a little step back and also just explain um why i suffered from anxiety my whole life yeah please um, do. i had a traumatic childhood um which in hindsight explains that drive i had to change that little that little community's life because once you've once you've suffered in your life you 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 develop a deep sense of compassion so in hindsight i can see why i was so driven to to work with those children in that community and that type of so I suffered anxiety because I never, never went back to those traumas that I had faced. I never tried to process them. I did, in a, I did and I didn't in a way. I did slight work, but I never did the hard work, going to a professional, going through therapy, talking about it on a daily basis, that type of thing. Um, and to be honest, it's the first time I'm talking about it to complete strangers as well. So it's a bit... Amazing. It's strange for me. Um, and then I'll take another step back as well. And when I made the decision to to change careers, a trauma, another deep, deep trauma happened in my life. My father committed suicide. Um, and that just oh, it's okay. Thank you very much. Um, that also just made me realize how sad our world is at the moment. And how many people are going through such hard times and just need help and need to to be okay to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, how, if, if it, there were people in a similar situation to you at the moment, like what's the biggest bit of advice and what techniques have you used that have got you through these really difficult times which you've 
experienced and especially lockdown now when people can't do very much and they're confined in the four walls the anxiety builds up for some it's a safe haven and then the fear of going back to a normality as well with those anxiety mm. levels facing the world what what advice would you give to others well the latest lesson that i've learned is that we've got to understand that there's nothing wrong with us anxiety and depression are just signals from our central nervous system that there's something that's not right something needs to be regulated something needs to be changed it could be a, a thought pattern irregular thought pattern unproductive thought patterns it could be some substance abuse that's driving this overall of our central nervous system there's something there's something that you need to figure out what's going on um, and I've, 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 I've also been there I've used unhealthy coping mechanisms in my life and I can honestly say they're not productive so I look for healthier healthier coping mechanisms Therapy, of course, is my number one go-to. Um, you need to talk about these things. We need to get comfortable talking about these things and identifying emotions in ourselves and understanding where they're coming from. Um, and then small, healthy tweaks, going for walks or, or just accepting that we're going through a hard time at the moment and it's okay. It will get better there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I think that's so important to to remember and we're not alone there's so many people in the same boat at the moment and even people without the pre-existing diagnosis of any sort of mental illness everyone is struggling uh, with anxiety depression um, so even that that in itself uh, for me, I think it's a massive thing to remember, you know, you're not alone in how you're feeling. This is happening worldwide, not just in the UK, the US, South Africa. There's This is a massive issue. Unfortunately, in the UK, we've got a very underfunded mental health system. And um, I mean, we spoke about this earlier in uh, when we were doing our news bit, uh, that the, the use of antidepressants has increased so much throughout this pandemic and that worries me and also what you said in um, your email you sent to me about how medication it's okay to use medication and sometimes the first step just getting you to that point it's definitely needed but it seems like there's more you just treating with medication because it's quick and easy rather than getting to the root cause of the problems I mean if, if you were in a meeting with the government right now and said look this is how we need to treat it this is the steps that we need to take to really help people what would you say to them you know I thought about that the other day it was so strange I thought about that on the walk the other day my wish is that for every person that gets prescribed any sort of mood stabilizers or any antidepressants or anything like that that they would have to take that with 10 sessions of therapy just so that they can learn coping mechanisms because yes that is it's it's quieting the symptoms down for a while but there are going to be other side effects of those medications so we we don't they don't tell you about that um the the side effects of a lower sex drive um lethargicness those type of things and those those type of things you need to understand about the medication but then also develop 
more productive coping mechanisms around what is causing the anxiety. You need to understand your triggers. So that would, be my, yeah. that would be my... And it takes a long time for these medications to kick in. Um, one very common medication is uh, for antidepressants is sertraline in the UK, one that I've been on. Um, it has some of the side effects, the suicidal thoughts. It takes 14 days roughly for the medication to kick in. And with that, as your, your chemical imbalance, it all starts to go all over the place. It can actually make you feel worse and be very dangerous. On therapy, like you said, for me, it has to be done in a structured way and keep that continuity going. Mm-hmm. So, and if we can tackle that, for me, it, it, instead of just a quick fix, mental health is something that it affects everyone. Mental illness mm-hmm. is a different thing, but we need to get to the root of these problems. Suicides have gone up every year um and i'm so sorry to hear about your dad um it's it's horrible and it's this is it's such a massive problem Uh, i I just i don't feel like we're as in the uk and a lot of medical organizations that it's being dealt with in the right way it's a very quick fix do this do that i know it's a massive issue Mm -hmm. Or you can go private, but that costs a lot of money as well. Mm, Of course. Um, But it's not only mental health. I I, I see it as well in diabetes or high cholesterol, heart disease. It's not... Our society now wants instant gratification. They want something that works quickly because it has to fit in with our speedy lives that we're living at 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 the moment. Instead of making changes to our diet or to... You know the things that are the harder for us we go for the quick option so but i hope i really do hope that with mental health it does start changing i feel like also if we get programs within schools where we address emotional processing and um individuality and that type of thing we can almost prevent many of these things starting before they get to a stage that you need to go to a psychiatrist and get those type of medications. And that needs to happen from a young age as well, like this stigma attached to mental health, um, the bullying attached to it as well. You know, with these, there's many, many different conditions. And from a young age, we need that education. So people don't feel like there's a lack of understanding. There's the inclusiveness in schools where people aren't just left out because when you're young you think oh that's a little bit strange but if we can tackle that from a young age that would be so good um i've actually got your instagram up in front of me as well because i love your messages uh that you you promote uh and social media has been such a powerful tool throughout this pandemic to reach people to really spread this positivity the kindness and that's that's the biggest medicine out of all of this you know that love kindness and just making sure that we're all together in this no matter if we're apart we're never alone I loved Mm -hmm. your post uh yesterday when you fill your days with hope compassion joy and gratitude they'll become brighter um the new year is a glitch is the glittering light to brighten the dream lined pathway of the future like there's such an uplifting 
and bright message amongst all these? How do you get your inspiration? You know, um, such a good question. I, it, I've always been that way. I think through my difficult childhood, I had to learn such, and I developed skills of such grit that it's easier for me to be in a positive state. So I don't want anyone to go onto my Instagram and think, you know, I have everything sorted out or perfect. I still have my days of anxiety and, and sadness and all of that, but it's, I don't stay there for long. I don't allow myself to stay there for long. And with seeing what I've seen in the world and the suffering, I feel so blessed in my life every day. So I just try and try and practice gratitude every single day, even if it's sometimes just for having a roof over my head or, or a cup of coffee that I can, I can enjoy in that moment. So that's kind of where I get it from, really. I guess it's focusing on the small things and really appreciating what you have. And throughout it's... this, I think there was a lot, of, I don't know about you, but the materialistic things that people focus on, especially before the pandemic, we saw people mm-hmm. taking photos of their new shoes uh, or their, their brand new phones that they might have got. But for me, I was one of those people. I love tech, uh, always wanted the most up-to-date things, but I found that there was so much beautiful so many beautiful things around me that mattered more it's as simple as the going outside and hearing the birds mm-hmm. singing or you know appreciating our freedom whereas before it was just something we had and we all took yeah. for granted um what, what's been your biggest if you could give a biggest life lesson uh, from the pandemic what would what would that biggest lesson be? Um, well, then we need to look at after ourselves, firstly, mentally, physically. Um, and that entails so much. We need to, I don't know, we need to find our worth from within us as well. We can't concentrate on materialistic things or because none of those things are permanent. I made a lot of money when I was working for a pharmaceutical company and I gave it all up and I'm the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> so we need to, yeah, we just need to, we need to pause enough and we need to think and we need to find our purpose really, or our, our passions to be able to live a happy, fulfilling life. I love that. Love that. Um, so you're back in education, I believe now, like what does the future hold for you? What's, what are your dreams and ambitions? Oh, my word. I'm still I'm on such a um, learning curve. I'm going back to school. I'm studying. I've done some counseling courses. I've done some cognitive behavioral therapy courses. So, um, yeah, I didn't do my research very well because, I mean, I wasn't aware that <laughs> the UK starts the year in September, schooling year in September, which is different to South Africa. So I've got these six, seven months now to play around and find something that's fitting. But my dream is to help people, just average people that that are having problems with anxiety or depression and just make them be able to 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 learn the skills to to heal their own lives and just to love themselves and accept themselves. So that's my dream. That's, that's amazing. And have you got any projects that you're planning on doing? Uh, how can people connect with you, get involved? Um, well, this is my first project. I mean, I would love to work with a lot more people that are interested in mental health. I mean, 
now being in the UK, I can see it's it's um, people are talking about it. it's a very big topic. Whereas in South Africa, it's like I don't think they they give it as much even consideration because when you can't when you can't um, fulfill your 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 basic needs, your mental health is not it's not a priority. So I feel like I'm at the right place to start now. So I'd love to just connect with more people and see if we can work on some projects. Um, and yeah, I'll just be on my Instagram for now. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Do you think you'll go back to South Africa and maybe try and promote the men mental health awareness out there and make change maybe a bit further down the line? I know that's difficult yeah. at the moment, but it that sounds like it's something that's a big issue over there, the addressing it. Is that something mm. that you're planning or hoping to do in the future? I think so. I mean, I still have some contact with some um, charities that I, I work with back home, um, some schools that educate these children that I came across in the in the um, rural parts of South Africa. So I never know what the road ahead. That's another lesson that I've learned. Nothing is constant. Everything is going to be changing all the time. So we just need to make peace with that and go with the flow. And for me right now, I'm just concentrating on the step in front of me. That's all I'm just concentrating, one step, one step at a time. So once I have things over, sorted over here, who knows what, what I can do for South Africa. The future holds. Uh, it's a very bright future by the sound <laughs> of it. And like you said, change, uncertainty. We live with it every day, but not looking too far forward is, is crucial. Thank you so much for joining us on our first podcast our first <laughs> proper guest as well um it's been lovely talking to you and hopefully you know anything that i can do that we can do um be be amazing um, i would love it anytime anytime yeah thank you so much for thank joining me thank you for me. having um, me i appreciate have a lovely day and happy new year thank you you too <laughs>so that was tammy thank you so much tammy for joining us a very inspiring uh story to say the least and um wow um yeah i'm i'm mega inspired um don't know if that's the right term to use but coming from the situations that she has and turning it into a positive uh I think that's, you know, uh, no words, no words. So, um, yeah, like we said, uh, again, thank you to Sammy, but the medication issue seems to be a massive issue and the way that we tackle mental health in the UK, uh, to me, we spend more money actually on just medication and not treating it in the right way. Um because we're trying to do a quick fix every time and people are then coming back into the service and it's that's got to I'd love to know the figures for that I'm going to try and get that next time and see how much it actually costs because surely it costs more money uh, trying to do these quick fixes and then things going wrong um, 
So we've got some kindness, uh, some statistics and kindness as well. Um, just at the start of the pandemic, almost one in five adults were likely to be experiencing some form of depression indicated by moderate to severe depressive symptoms. Symptoms Can't talk. During the coronavirus pandemic, um, and that was in, that was, got, uh, that statistic came in June to. Uh, 2020 i was about to say this year but um we've moved on now um that's almost doubled from around one in ten um before the pandemic uh that was july 2019 to march 2020 um however the pandemic itself i think is brought there's more conversation around mental health a lot more people are spending more time on social media um and the conversation really started to get some drive behind it which i think people were understanding it's okay to not be okay there's still a big issue with men feeling like they can't talk about their mental health because you should just i hate this phrase man up it's not a man thing to talk about your feelings but emotions have no gender. And if you're struggling, it's important you talk about it. You know, everyone suffers. Everyone has mental health. Everyone has down days. Don't lock it up. It can make it so much worse. Um, if you do, so just talk about it. And actually, it's a strength. It's not a weakness, and we should be promoting it. And anyone that tells you to just man up and you talk about your feelings makes you any less of a man um yeah um idiots uh, yeah I, I do apologize as well if this podcast is a little bit all over the place i'm still still finding my feet my fingers all sorts um trying to edit correctly emily have you got anything to say um Sorry, I've just I've just caught her out of the blue while she's uh, on the sofa next to me. We're very professional um, in the Togetherness studio. We've got a sofa, computer, and a microphone whilst cuddled up on the sofa. So oh, uh, not cuddled up. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, you know, we're just having a look through these, and obviously the statistics that Joe's just given out. Um, it is raising more awareness. It has sort of snowballed that conversation of mental health. But it's also highlighting, you know, the underfunding and lack of resources that we have. So many people are struggling and yet they've got nowhere to turn to. And, you know, also we've got the issue of age as well. Vulnerable and lonely adults, you know, who don't have people that can come visit with the tiering restrictions... It is so isolating and so lonely, um, especially when you have mental health issues anyway, because you do feel, you know, very insular and, and alone. And to be physically alone as well as mentally alone is, is hard work. And not having anyone to turn to or speak to is obviously just going to exacerbate the issue. Um, but the statistics we have for the older generation as well are likely to be incorrect because people of that sort of era aren't likely to talk about mental health issues or even acknowledge that they might have them because that's not the type of 
mentality they grew up with. I'd like to point out as well, one of the big things with the statistics that we're getting from the government as well with COVID, with the marking down um, deaths um, as COVID. So there's there's been evidence, as winter flu, the number of reported deaths from winter flu has decreased dramatically and that's apparently because COVID has been marked as the death. Um, I had a family member that passed away um, this year, um, tested negative for COVID, and uh, on the death certificate it was put down as COVID. And there's been a few reports as well that with suicide it's been the same. So I think it's... um, Hopefully we'll get the up-to-date statistics, but this has had such a profound effect on people one great thing that's that has come out of the pandemic like i said earlier it's it's been that conversation and we've seen so much kindness and so many people coming together to help each other out um also for me i I made the decision to move in with emily i'd have never done that before i'd have stuck to my very fast-paced um work-filled life um i felt very alone at home Emily and me had the conversation of moving in together a lot and I was too afraid to do it. Um, You know, I I would have done it because Emily is the boss. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But if anything, that's another good thing. There we go. Emily, you are a good thing out of this pandemic. We we now live together. Now I'm not alone. (laughs) (laughs) But I think another huge thing as well is the financial impact and the, you know, finances... Uh, are so changeable anyway but with the crash in the economy throughout all of this has caused so much anxiety and depression you know from the national statistics here adults were asked if their household could afford an unexpected but necessary expense of 850 pound this gives them an indication of adults who may be struggling financially adults said that their households could not afford this expense were more likely to be experiencing some form of depression during the pandemic um but £850, we're, I'd, I'd say, middle class, working class people, we couldn't afford £850 out of nowhere because the cost of living, even before the pandemic, was so extraordinarily high. You know, wages don't reflect the cost of living and to have this additional economic impact is so stressful and you know it causes a lot of sleepless nights for many many people many and i I don't like talking about politics um throwing brexit into the mix now you know um that's that's going to cause a lot of difficulties a lot of price hikes um there's so much uncertainty and worry and there's no there seems to be no stability at the moment and yes we've got now two vaccines in the UK. Um, Which we should point out is incredible achievement for the country. Shout out to our scientists who I don't think get mentioned enough. I have to say, I think the government get praised for the vaccine, but it's not the government who have done it. Uh, this isn't a podcast just slating the government and being really <laughs> horrible, but shout out to the scientists. You know, 10 years it normally takes to create a vaccine and they have worked day and night and within six to nine months we've now got two vaccines which are going to save lives and hopefully hopefully 
bring us out of this pandemic. I mean, Boris Johnson promised it the other day that um, by Easter we'd be free. I'm not sure if I believe that. Um, but, uh, but also as well, we've got to be careful that the news can lead us in certain directions of thinking without having all the information. Like we were watching the news this morning and a statistic, well, a fact that people aren't commonly aware of because of the delay of the second dose of the vaccine, you know, people were getting stressed and worried about the effectiveness of it. But actually, they have said that within 12 days of the first vaccine, you are 100% likely to avoid any hospital admissions or any death from COVID, which is a brilliant statistic, really. If you, if you can keep yourself safe for 12 days after having an, an injection... It's amazing, and yeah, like you said, uh, news intake. Uh, I'm uh, that's uh, one of the bits of advice I constantly give people don't l- listen to the news, reduce your in obviously, listen to the news, but reduce your news intake. You know, it's stressful, it's very negative at the moment. We've got lots of different things going on all around the world. We've got the US election, we've got um, Donald Trump, we've got Brexit, we've got the coronavirus. It's all very negative. Uh, I I struggled to sleep last night because of all these different things going around my head and like Emily said, we've got to reduce our news intake. I think, you know, it's not just the reduction of it, it is taking it with a pinch of salt and doing a bit more research or, you know, challenging certain things before you accept them as gospel because that's how misinformation spreads very, very quickly. I totally agree. Um, so that's nearing the end of the podcast. Um, I'd be really interested to hear, obviously we've had the conversation about how mental health is treated, it's just a quick fix, giving medication. Um, tweet me at Joe Plum UK or Facebook forward slash Joe Plum UK, Instagram Joe Plum UK. Um, there's a lot of Joe Plum UKs there. Um, Joe Plum book. Yeah, Joe Plumbuck. Um, or go to my website, joeplum.org. Um, let me know. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> let me know your thoughts. Um, it'd be really interesting to kind of get that conversation going. And education-wise, uh, do you think that we should be teaching young children um, from a very early age about mental health and the different crises that can occur and really we need a change to our education system but thank you so much for tammy for joining um next time we will be talking to victoria who is an avid campaigner for mental health done so much great work um connected with her on twitter during the pandemic and um yeah so she will be in our next episode if you'd like to get involved uh, be a guest then yeah just tweet me on the details uh, contact me through my website And uh, have a lovely day, night or evening, wherever you are. And join us next time for episode two or three, whatever you want to say, togetherness. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Wow, we sound a lot pointless.
The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart, too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so, too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.